This is The Tortoise, the podcast all about the possibilities of slow. I am your host, Brooke McCallery, and I'm joined by my marriage host, Ben McCallery. Oh. <laughs> That's really sci-fi. That's always kind of weird, isn't it? How this is you? not a podcast. This is a podcast. Sorry. You'll get it one day. Yeah. I'm going pretty well. Um, I'm particularly stressed today. Yeah. There's a lot of deadlines. There's a lot happening in work life for both of us. And mm-hmm. we're tilting extremely almost to a vertical. <laughs> <laughs> We're like sliding off the slippery dip, let's be honest. Uh, slippery dip? Seesaw. Seesaw. So my energy is probably a little bit distracted, but it's perfect for this topic because this topic's all about talking about self-care mm-hmm. and it's something that I really need to practice right now. Mm-hmm. So, I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to to having a chat with you. I think it's going to be a good one. Well, let's get into it. All right. So do you have a definition for self-care? How, like how you would define it for yourself? It was International Self-Care Day probably about a month ago. Hmm. And I've got a, a group of men that I sit with uh, once a month. And we discuss self-care during that mm-hmm. uh, particular night. And it was so interesting to hear everyone's definition of what self-care is. Yep. And everyone kept coming back to this is self-care, sitting around a table, having a discussion that's not about footy and shit. Mm-hmm. It's just about how we're feeling, how we're going, our mental state, just talking about other stuff. Mm-hmm. And everyone kept coming back to saying, like, this is one of the things that I do for self-care. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, So it's having real discussion, real conversation. So that's, I guess, one of the definitions of it. Or or is that one example? Sorry, that's that's an example. You're right. That's that's an example of it. I was just curious because it means so much to a lot, like so many different things to everybody. Yeah. I struggle a little bit with self-care in the way that you've written about it previously, Mm -hmm. whether that is, and I do try a lot of things when it comes to self-care. Some things I think work better than others, but do you have a definition of self-care? No, not really. Um, I, I sort of had a look around because it's actually quite tricky to come up with a succinct definition, but it's essentially, you know, you look online, there's many different versions of, of kind of a similarly themed definition, which is something along the lines of referring to um, activities that preserve, I'm reading this one, that preserve and maintain one's physical, emotional and mental health. Oh, okay. Uh, it's an ongoing commitment to look after yourself through helpful behaviours that protect your health during periods of stress as well as an additional kind of element to that. Mm. And that one I quite liked because it's very broad. I like the three categories. Yeah. Physical, emotional, and mental. Yes. So I 
the sitting around with other men, talking, mm-hmm. sharing a meal, for me that's like emotional. Oh yeah, more more so than mental, but I I guess they're kind of intertwined. Mm-hmm. Because I was going to say. The physical self-care that I like is exercising and having a regular exercising schedule. Mm-hmm. My mental and emotional state deteriorate if I don't do the physical exercise. Yeah. So I can, and I guess that's how they're all interlinked is, yeah, making sure that you're, yeah, they all relate to one yeah, another. I, yeah, I don't think. I think in the practices, you can certainly separate them out and Mm. have, you know, as you said, maybe exercise or regular movement is something that you would categorize yourself as physical self-care. But I think it's really difficult to kind of separate them completely and have them in their own silos because, you know, what we do physically impacts our mental health, which impacts our emotional health. You can't, you can't fully separate them out. Yeah. The other thing that I don't know if you would have considered it, but it's part of certainly part of my, I guess, definition or the way I try and think about and practice self-care is there are some elements or examples of self-care that are external facing. So Mm -hmm. things like your gathering of men where you talk and, um, you know, or it could be catching up with a friend or talking to a family member or just, you know, a wave to a stranger, whatever, you know, a kind of connection or a random act of kindness, something like that. They're all what I would classify as sort of outward facing. And then you've got inward facing. So that's more your, the stuff that I'm necess- I'm probably more drawn to just because I'm super introverted, journaling and meditation and solitude and creativity and that kind of stuff. So it's been helpful for me to recognize that there are going to be times where um, those external or outward-facing types of self-care might feel more draining than others and maybe not what I need right now. So if I'm feeling burnt out or over-socialized, then perhaps going and hanging out with a group of people is not going to make me feel supported from within, it might still be good for me, but it may not tick that self-care box at that time, and that's where I might need to turn inward and find a practice that helps me feel supported from within and cared for from within. And I guess that's really how I classify self-care: feeling supported or cared for from within. Okay, so that—that's your definition of self-care. I think that's how I can sort of quickly quantify whether or not I'm doing a decent enough job of it? Do I feel cared for from within? So this is what I was kind of referring to at, at the start is that I can't or don't have the smarts to be able to tap into that sort of self, self-care, self the, the, the inwardly focused self-care. Well, maybe you don't need it though either. And so is it personality-based, do you think? I don't know. I guess... I don't ever want... I don't want people to feel bad about, like, doing or not doing certain types of self-care, that's all. I know it's very individualised. That's obvious. What I will say is, for you, I think... I think you probably would benefit from some of those more, like, inner-facing practices, but maybe haven't found ones that suit you yet. You know, you have tried meditation... And, you know, you'll occasionally say, yeah, this is really 
yeah, I, good for me. But and it's, it's just you not haven't, part of my routine. And see, that's it. So is it not helping you because it's not part of your routine or is it not helping you because it doesn't really fulfill you in that way? Mm. It's interesting. Yeah, I think that I'm probably more well-practiced in those those like self-reflection sort of, you know, moments through journaling and just being like an A-grade overthinker. Mm. Mm. And... That's not necessarily you. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. But, I mean, I've often said to you when you're period, going through periods of stress, why don't you try this strategy, like, you know, morning pages or meditation or, you know, a, a really simple mindfulness practice or something like that. And you might do it once and you'll be like, yeah, it was good. And then that's it. Morning pages, I do do a, a similar it's not morning pages as you do it, where yeah, it's sure. state of conscience, stream like a, stream of con- yeah. conscience uh, flow yep. state, where you're just writing any, every anything and everything, and if you can't think of anything to write, you write. I can't, I can't think, think of, of anything. anything to write, which is kind of cool. But I I do a similar activity where I just brain dump. It's no, it doesn't necessarily make a whole heap of sense, but it does give me an idea of what are my priorities today work-wise family-wise and self like self-care wise I guess to an extent because I use physical exercise as part of that um and yeah yeah our dog is building a cubby house Yes, he's building himself some sort of doggy fort, yeah. which is nice. That might be what he needs. He's having some self-care moments. Um, yeah, so that's the morning pages. So I do I okay. do get the benefit of that. And you've spoken about morning pages. What would you, I guess, what would your advice be to someone that is typically saying, well, I don't have time for self-care mm. in the more traditional sense of self-care? Because that's where often I find myself and that'll be my excuse. Oh, I'm not meditating because mm. I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I don't like advice. I don't like giving advice so much. But something that I do often find myself referring back to is changing your focus on the outcome. So I, I find that when we talk about anything, it could be create could be creativity, it could be self-care, it could be movement, whatever. Um, we so often focus on how it looks, right? So for you, you just mentioned, you know, I don't meditate, I don't do these things, that you've you've decided that that's what self-care looks like, right? Yeah. It looks like meditation, it looks like, um, you know, mindfulness, it looks like morning pages, it looks like whatever, refocusing our attention on how it feels. Mm. So finding your own definition of self-care, for me it's that, again, feeling cared for from within and supported from within. So not getting that validation or that sense of nurturing from someone else but from myself. And if I can find what that feels like, if it's a physical sensation, if it's an emotional response, uh, and try and then find things that will offer that in really small bite-sized pieces. So I like I view certain some things that really weird little things. I view them as self-care because for whatever reason, 
I feel cared for when I do them. Like, okay, well, let give some examples because this fascinates me. So clearing the kitchen bench before I go to bed. I mean, we'll have a cup of tea after we've cleaned up, right? And for ages, we would just put – we don't have a dishwasher in our house because it's old. Uh, so we would just put our teacups on the kitchen bench and be they'll be there in the morning. We'll clean them up then. I didn't realize, but that kind of really frustrated me. So just – washing them up and dry, like, you know, drying them or putting them in the sink so I can't even see them, that feels yeah, okay. like self-care yeah. because I get up in the morning and it's a clear space. Redi- like that's a ridiculous thing, but it, it feels like self-care. Same with opening the curtains every morning. I find that ritual and I, I, I call it a ritual in my head, which mm. might be a, something to consider as well, that ritual of opening the blind, of opening the curtains, greeting the day, feels really grounding and centering and I it's just a tiny little moment for me that I would be doing anyway but I've found it to be a shortcut to that sense of feeling cared for or supported from within weird I know <laughs> um having so I have to take a tablet first thing in the morning when I wake up I get that out the night before and have it next to my bed with a glass of water that feels like self-care taking my supplements that is self-care. That is literally self-care, but I treat it as a moment of supporting myself and caring for myself rather than some thing that I have to do or that I have to take. Because you spoke, So you're just speaking about rituals slash habits. Sure, yeah. And in, in part, it's, it's reframing those things. So you were talking about not having time. So I guess there's a way of maybe shortcutting that's finding things that, that offer you a shortcut to that sense of feeling cared for as your, you know, your bare minimum rituals or habits of self-care. You look perplexed. I'm interested because if I was to because I love writing down what I need to do in a day. And if I start writing in those habitual, maybe self-care orientated things, mm. they would just be part of that list. So that's sort of one way. Instead of it being a subconscious thing, it needs to be actually planned for. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can't, like, until these things become second nature like deeply ingrained second nature you have to be intentional about it like and i think that's the biggest barrier for me it's a practice and like you call it a practice for a reason Mm. you know and i will fall in and out of practices all the time up until about six months ago i had a solid self-care ritual in the morning that was you know get up put the coffee on stretch pour a coffee come and sit out in the back room write in my journal drink my coffee, meditate, you know, all of, they were all part of my morning self-care ritual until about six months ago. And then I realized that just because of where my health is at the moment, the best self-care I can give myself in the mornings is actually to sleep for the extra hour. Mm. So that's what I've been doing, you know, so you fall in and out of them all the time, but it's to me, I don't know that we clock um, the the care that we're giving ourselves unless we're doing it intentionally. Mm. So you could be like going through all the motions and you do. You prioritize sleep, you prioritize good nutrition, you prioritize movement, you prioritize connection. 
And it's interesting to me that you don't see any of those things as self-care because maybe you haven't clocked them as an intentional choice to care for yourself. I agree with that. Hmm. I really agree with that. Going back to uh, the men's table that I'm Hmm. involved in and the different themes that came up during the topic of self-care, one of the biggest, in fact, I think every single person spoke about it and we're talking about like an intergenerational table here from 80-year-olds yeah. down to, to younger adults. And it was nature. Being in nature and connecting with nature, whether that's bushwalks, mountain biking. Every man said that hmm. as nature is so important because inevitably the topic got on to tech and tech usage and being addicted to phones and devices and always on, always connected. To step away from that connected world is a a really, really important thing to do in regards to self-care. That's really interesting because the way you sort of spoke about it these weren't necessarily people well-versed in self-care, Not at all. particularly like modern ideas of self-care. Everyone had to get really warmed up to talk about self-care. Yeah. It wasn't, it didn't come naturally. People immediately went to talking to a counsellor or talking to a ah. professional about their mental health. That was like the first thing people said, some people said. Right. So there's a real real crossover or like maybe there's confusion around the difference between self-help and self-care. I agree. Huh. For a lot of people, I think. Yeah. yeah that's exactly that's exactly it. That's really interesting. But I mean, going back to nature, I think that that just shows how wired we are for the healing power of nature as as self-care, you know, and any dose of nature, and I write about it in care a lot, is is going to have a positive impact. I mean, even looking at a photo of nature or listening to birdsong or um, being in a room that has a view of a tree, they are going to positively benefit us in a self-care sense. So actively seeking out moments of nature, even if they are those tiny little ones or, you know, paying attention to the grass when you're walking to the bus stop or, you know, getting outside for five minutes and pulling weeds or laying in the sun and listening getting to the, the birds. Getting the sun on your face and yeah. eyes and yeah. mouth well, and face. and Yeah, it's so important. Soaking yeah. it in, you yeah. know, in whatever capacity. It's, it's fascinating to me that people who didn't have any language around self-care still highlighted the importance of nature. What about that walk that we did recently mm. with our kids mm-hmm. that started off with at least one of them saying, there's no way I want to do this. I <laughs> don't want to do this. Kicking and dragging for this nature walk, mm-hmm. you know, 7K nature walk. And the conversations were just so funny at the start of the walk. They were all about talking about things about tech, about gaming, about social media, like they were the topics. Mm -hmm. By kilometre five, it was, 
Look at that flower. Look at the way the tree, the light's hitting those leaves. Look at this awesome stick I've got, you know, it can carry my, like, it, mm. that's the power of it. Do you feel that when you go out into nature intentionally, do you feel, is there a point where things change for you? Yeah, yeah. they click over. They, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's very noticeable actually. It's like a decompression or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because I never really, the senses just get over. It's a, with social media, your senses can get bombarded, crazily bombarded yeah. with just input after input after input. There's similar inputs in nature. If you like slow down and just take everything in the noise, the light, the, the animals, the, the way that you're, legs are fit you know mm -hmm. like everything mm -hmm. all the senses just it's it's loud like it's a really loud noise but for whatever reason it's restor restorative yes yeah. it's, it's 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 i don't know there's something different about nature and 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 i'm not just not saying it right but the noise in nature is quite loud if you allow Absolutely. it to be. And yeah. that's paying attention, right? Mm. That's, you know, that's actively noticing, using all your senses. You become aware of what's happening around you and inside you and to you and because of you. Uh, and I think while like social media, for example, you know, tech use is similarly stimulating, almost all of that stimulation is happening from our neck up, hmm. we're not physically feeling anything except maybe, you know, scrolling thumb, tired eyes, whatever, but everything is coming in via our eyes and our ears and it's all happening in our heads. So it's a totally different sense of overstimulation. Uh, and again, going back to what happens when we are intentional with it. You know, you start to recognize that decompression point when you're outside or, you know, that moment where your shoulders let go. Relax. Yeah. yeah. I always find like this kind of, if I go out into the bush for a bush walk and I'm in a bad mood, it, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes in and I'm smiling like an idiot at the trees and the flowers and the birds and, you know, stopping to look at things and it's just such a shift and it's so obvious and every time I like never once have I gone gee I wish I I didn't do that <laughs> gee I regret going out and doing that it, it never happens mm. it never happens mm. oh. not once same with exercise or you know anything like that and I guess that's where going back to your point about learning to be intentional with it that paired with the realization that these Things are never wasted. These these efforts to care for ourselves are never wasted. Pair that with intentionality. That's where you start to build a practice of self care that really does leave you feeling supported and cared for from within. Mm. I think. What if I ask you for your top three self care habits rituals? What would you? How would you rank them and why? Rank. Oh, okay. I'm not going to rank them. That makes me nervous. <laughs> I don't know why. So the thing that I will always 
always come back to aside from nature um, is journaling always because which is different to morning pages when you mean journaling what are you actually uh, journaling can to? mean so many different things okay so what do you what how do you journal then so i often journal in a morning pages style it may not it used to be a solid three pages do not stop writing do not ever go over or under that and that was building my practice that was recognizing that is so hard to do yes. i've tried to do it and it is really hard yes it is but to me it has been like a, a complete kind of turning point over the years. And I have come to know myself so incredibly well through that process of morning pages simply because it is hard. You know, yes, anyone can sit down and write surface level stuff, you know, concerns or things that are going on this week and why you're in a bad mood or who said what that pissed you off or that you can, you anyone can do that for yeah, a page. Absolutely. Maybe two. But it's not until you get to the end of the second page, in my experience, that stuff starts to come out and you're like, where did you come from? And I have learned so much about myself through that exact process. And I think, I think I'm now at the point where I can shortcut to that. Mm. So journaling is in essence the same kind of approach, stream of consciousness, but I don't necessarily need to dig around for those three pages. I often find myself where I kind of knew I was headed but not sure what I was going to find much quicker than that. But sometimes journaling is like writing a couple of paragraphs about, you know, precisely how I'm feeling and then I might shift into a poem or that might be it or it might be, you know, a list of things or it might I might end up writing about work or drafting out a post. Like it's, it's not a cut and dried technique for me anymore but it's the thing I always come back to. And if I get lost, if I'm stuck, if I'm overwhelmed, if I'm everything else is too much, I will always find myself back on the page. So there's that. There's gardening. Okay, nature. Yep. So being outside, hands yep. in the dirt, feet preferably barefooted, you know, coming in tired. I've got a bit of a strained relationship with that at the moment, just with. You Your know, energy. Yeah, my energy so up and down. It has been not completely missing, but I've had to completely rethink what it looks like. And again, that's where I'm trying to take my own advice of like not focusing on what it looks like. So it used to be, you know, weed and prepare this garden bed. That's what it would look like and that would feel like success. Now it's like how do I want to feel? Mm. And I might feel fulfilled or I might feel that exhausted kind of sensation in my muscles after five minutes or I might feel like that's enough and that is enough. So gardening. Um, and then, okay, so I've got boring self-care that I would also classify as super important. Boring self-care. Yep. Okay. That's things like taking my supplements, making sure I'm taking my medication, drinking enough water, not having coffee after lunchtime. Well, that's just setting yourself up for success. But that's self-care. Yeah. That is self-care. Yeah. You know, you're caring for yourself so that you can feel well mentally, physically, emotionally, which means that you can then move through your day in a much more positive way, no matter what it throws at you. 
you know, and that like that is self-care. It doesn't have to leave you with this glowing sensation of, of you know, self-righteousness or something. It's just looking after yourself. So going to bed, getting trying to get eight hours sleep every night, moving when I can. Uh, I would classify like connection with other people as somewhere between boring is the wrong word, almost begrudging self-care and yeah. really powerful self-care because I'm I'm very introverted and have often joked that I would probably be a hermit if uh, left to my own devices. That's not good for me. I know mm. that. Mm. So ensuring I connect with people is really important as well. That's good three. Yeah, I feel like there was about 17 in there, but thank you. (laughs) Do you have any that you would classify as kind of top tier for you? Yeah, so physically like moving, exercising is the big one for me. Mm -hmm. And something I've only really developed and prioritised over the last maybe three or four years, but it is so important. Uh, feeling healthy is just it, the, it's it's a really nice feeling mm. to to be able to feel to say yeah I'm feeling healthy mm-hmm. I'm feeling the best I can be at the moment and I think exercise goes a long way of of supporting that from a physical sense and mental I guess. Yeah. Uh, the other one is, yeah, talking to other people about interest. Having this conversation, for example, yep. is, a, is a form of self-care. Having interesting conversations with people just, yeah, really works for me. And I'm, that's probably because I'm a bit more of an extrovert than you are. I don't know what I am. I think I you're, I don't you're, have you're a an label, ambivert. But that to me is really important for for my emotional and mental state Mm -hmm. and the third one is an interesting one I'm going to have to say uh, nature again just being outside taking those whether it's 10 minutes at lunchtime just to be outside Mm -hmm. in whatever weather just feel like I'm connecting on another level that is not tech yep so you it's huge. What, what about chopping firewood? Could yeah. you could you find a way to make that a self-care moment? Yeah. As long as I pay attention to where the blade is. Yeah, please do. Please do. Don't turn off completely. No. But see, that's it. I think it's interesting that you all, you thought you have to turn off. It's actually turning on. It's just a different part of your brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's paying closer attention to what you're doing. It's not going into some dreamland in your mind where you're detached. It's mm. actually the opposite, I think, of that. Mm. It's becoming like reattached to what you're doing. You know, because most of your work, for example, is, again, from the neck up. You know, you do mm. a lot of talking, a lot of thinking, a lot of writing. So, you know, using that trip out to the shed and the 10 minutes of chopping wood a day as a, a it's something you got to do anyway. Yeah. It's a like a ritual, a moment yeah. where you can shift into a different mode of being for a little while. It's so interesting being in an office which I am sometimes and like an actual office with actual people, other people within it yeah. in the office. And 
after lunch, you can tell the people that have left the office and you can tell the people that stayed at the office to have lunch. Okay. In what way? <laughs> In what way? Well, sometimes people are wet because it was raining. No. Um, because... <laughs> People look brighter mm-hmm. and happier when they've been out. Even if they ate lunch and just went for a walk mm-hmm. or, or whatever, you could tell people that have got up, moved around, moved their bodies, gone outside. They just seem more clear-headed. Mm. They're friendlier to approach. It's it's really strange, I know, but I Give me a cross-section of people and I'll be able to tell which ones have been outside for lunch or just taken some time for themselves uh, away from their desks. Yeah. I wonder if, that's, huge. if that's partly like getting out into the sunshine that's or, what it, you know, yeah. getting – so I think they talk about when you're on a screen all day to have breaks, yes, for movement but also for your eyes. Yeah, so, giving your eyes a – Yeah, and – A sp- focus break because yes. it's that – it's that like 30 centimetre That's right. focus. So the, it's yeah. sort of looking out into the distance. And yeah. if you can find something in the distance that is green or that is, you know, water or uh, like an open piece Space of – Space or yeah, whatever it is, yeah. Even better. Yeah. So, you know, that could be part of it as well. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I think that's – that is – What's something that you – would like to improve with your self-care? It's a good question. I've always wanted to meditate. I've really like wanted to try and I have given it a good go, but for whatever reason, I can't seem to develop that ritual. I'd like to do some more inwardly focused self-care. Mm-hmm. That that to me is something that I'd like to focus on. It can't be journaling though. It's got to be just sitting and maybe it is meditating, sitting with my thoughts. Such an uncomfortable thing to do. Yeah. But I can, I, I mean, I've seen people that have been meditating and they're like crying with like joy and happiness. Mm-hmm. I want that. It looks great. Mm, okay. I think you should investigate. Uh, well, I, I'm not well-versed in meditation. Like mm. I have found something that works for me. I dip in and out of it. There are so many different Types ways to and, meditate. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's a matter, I think, for you of finding something that either speaks to that thing that you want, that that feeling that you want of, you know, that joyful experience. Like, I don't know what that would be. Because mm. I've done the insight timer and, yeah. you know, all those sorts of meditation. Maybe it's like having to go to a group meditation. Maybe, yeah. The For only some time reason I've... I do like group environments. Yep. The only time I have ever cried during meditation was during the group environment. Really? Yeah. Yep. It was at the end of yoga. Yeah, once. okay. Yeah. And it was like a... Endorphin rush? No, it was no. like a physical release of emotional 
tension. I want that. That sounds great. It was off-putting. <laughs> to be honest, it, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Which is, that's exactly how it's supposed to work. Sure. Yeah. I'd, I'd never experienced it before. To me, it's always, meditation has always been a much, I was going to say gentler, especially in the beginning. Like it's, it's a, it's frustrating. Meditation's frustrating. For mm. me and, and the way I am at the moment, I'd love a clear head. My head just feels so full all the time. I think that's probably why I always suggest journaling to you because it is literally I can't do it. put but you do because you do work like you do morning pages and you do brain dumping. I have done it I have done morning pages and I do brain dumping works I know it works and I do that mm-hmm. on a, almost a daily occurrence but I feel like that's different to a stream of conscience morning pages thing where you are writing literally anything mm-hmm. oh yeah absolutely different I but. feel really uncomfortable in my head when I do that God, I'd love to like crack your brain open and walk around in it for a bit. <laughs> Brooks mixed metaphors. Wouldn't that be cool though to be able, I don't know, would it be cool to be able to do that? Like, mm. I've if, often said with you and the way and your medical issue, I just like, I would love to live just as you for one day, mm-hmm. just so I, and I do empathize, but I want to feel it. Mm. Like I want to be able to really feel it mm-hmm. and yeah i get it I, I get it yep um so i guess the i need to throw that question back to you mm-hmm. what do you want to improve on what would you like to be able to do when it comes to self-care i mean the thing that i would love to be able to get back to is a more regular approach to movement and exercise you know up until probably 12 months ago maybe maybe not even beginning of this year I was sort of in a pretty good place with training and walking and, you know, I would lift weights two or three times a week and nothing crazy but... You're just moving and you're... But moving intentionally and challenging myself. You are, you were, yeah. And it was regular and it felt good and I felt cared for and I felt supported from within and I had that feeling that you described of, you know, that positive feeling of of healthfulness. Mm Mm-hmm. And then everything took a dive a few months ago and I've had to stop. Like I will go to training with you, but I can't do anything. I mean, I couldn't even. You stretch. You do yeah. stretch. You're moving. You do move. And that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So I move every day in some capacity. I will come out into the back room during lunch break or, you know, when I'm taking a, a break from my computer and stretch. I still do stretches when I'm waiting for the coffee to brew. I I do things to move my body and I wear a an Ura ring, which will alert me if I've been sitting still for an hour or, or longer. So I always tap into that, you know, and make sure I get up, drink a lot of water so that I go to the bathroom a lot, like even things like that. It helps. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I guess in an ideal world, I'd love to get back to training the way that I was, but I think it's about building some more of those micro moments of movement into my day uh, very intentionally. And I think that would, would be of benefit to me physically, but also mentally. Mm. Yeah. I like the macro micro breakdown of self-care. 
Yeah, and that's that's really important because I think we lose the idea that the tiny little moments can be just as powerful, particularly if we apply them consistently. That's the thing that I need to work on, micro self-care. Yeah, and even doing the things that you already do through the lens of self-care. self-care. Chopping wood. Yeah. Self-care. Drinking water. Self-care. Going to bed early. Oh, wonderful it is wonderful (laughs) but you know if you can file that away in your head as another way you're caring for yourself every day it feels different it doesn't just feel like nice or like luxurious like you almost seem to think that it's a treat you know it's actually you caring for yourself and that that reframe I think makes a huge difference and it also takes away the bullshit of self-care because there is so much of it Right. We spoke about a few months back, uh, there was the wellness and social media episode. It's so easy to talk self-care and end up down there. Oh, yeah, massively. It really is. And it just doesn't have to be. To me, self-care should and is accessible to everybody. Self-care is free. Absolutely. There are things that you can buy and do and pay for that might help you facilitate your own self-care or learn about it fine I have no problem with that but it is and should be accessible to everybody to everyone and everybody so you know I think that that's why those micro moments can Mm. be so helpful and powerful you know and what I'd encourage people to do I guess is, is if you're listening to this and you've got a few ideas coming to you for what tiny moments of self-care could look like for you, those moments that make you feel supported and cared for, write them down. Like take five minutes, make a list as long as you can of any tiny thing that makes you feel good and refer to it on any given day. You know, if you give yourself three 30-second blocks of self-care time or something, what can you do from that list? And I think sometimes taking the brain work out of it means that on the days where we really need it, but we think we don't have time, we can just look at that list and go, okay, I'll do that. That's me. That's me today. Okay. Really good advice. Mm. Not advice. Really <laughs> Encouragement. <good> lesson. <laughs> so I guess one of the reasons that I wanted to do the self-care topic um, today was A, because it felt very relevant um to you at the moment i know that you've been under the pump and i wanted to talk about it um and b over on the tortoise i hadn't realized i was doing this until last term but because i write in sort of 10 week blocks and take a couple of weeks off each of the the terms of writing have had their own kind of loose theme and the theme for this current block of 10 weeks is self-care so that does fit in really nicely and I think that subconsciously I selected that as a topic because I needed it to nice. and to yeah. re I guess reframe what it can mean mm-hmm. because it's really easy when you go through a, a change in your circumstances to lose sight of what self-care is to you and you know I think I'm probably rebuilding a new version of it for myself um, which definitely includes writing which is the other reason i wanted to bring this topic up so as part of the tortoise for paying subscribers i run an online retreat every quarter so first quarter of the year i did a values retreat second quarter was rhythms 
And then this quarter, I'm actually doing a retreat called Writing as Self-Care. So uh, if that's something that interests anyone listening, you can head over to The Tortoise, which is at brookmccallery.substack.com. Um, you can sign up as a paying subscriber. It's $5 a month uh, or $50 a year Australian. Uh, and you can join us regardless. Join of, the community. Yeah, join the community. Absolutely. You'll get, you know, most Sundays you'll get a post for paying subscribers. Every Thursday, everyone gets a post. And um, it's usually a letter or a podcast episode, something practical or something um, a little bit more head heavy. <laughs> I'm running out of good words. Uh, head heavy. Head heavy. Yeah. Um, you know, all up in my head. Yeah. So anyway, if, if the writing a self-care topic interests you, you should go and check it out, say hello and um, see what the tortoise is all about. You're a good teacher. <laughs> now, you had a reflection for us. Yes. To, for today's episode. The reflection section. The reflection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the reflection section. So um, a few weeks back, I wrote a post about toxic positivity, which seemed to really um, interest a lot of people. Did it grind people's gears? I don't think so. I think okay. toxic positivity grinds people's gears. Oh, yeah. So it was, it was interesting to see people kind of reflect very broadly on their own experiences and their own challenges of dealing with toxic positivity, either their own or other people's. Uh, but one comment in particular sort of grabbed my attention um, from Holly and I'm just going to read it because I have been thinking about it a lot since she um, – since she submitted it, she said, I find when I'm trying to console or just go through my own negative emotions, I struggle with this balance of letting myself feel the negativity without wallowing in it and trying to be resilient against it, but mm. without denying my rights to feel sad. You briefly mentioned that resilience and a positive attitude has a place, but I'd be interested in what you mean by this and how not to get it confused with suppressing emotions. Oh, it's so such an interesting comment. Such a good question. Resilience is such a loaded word. Why do you say that? It just is. It just is because it is very individualistic in terms of people's capacity to be resilient mm -hmm. and it can so easily, depending on the individual, really harm people mm -hmm. over a long period of time. Yeah, no, I Because I agree. you just push through things no matter what and you have this head-heavy state yep. where it's you are, no matter what the circumstances you push through and you are blunting yourself emotionally, mm -hmm. mentally, and the flow-on effects of that can be enormous. Huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a really tricky topic, I suppose, because I, I think that resilience is important. I think having a certain amount of grit and inner strength is really important. But what I think resilience has started to come to mean in, you know, the mainstream 
And this so often happens when a, an idea or a topic becomes popularized, it gets diluted mm-hmm. or, or um, more kind of black and white. Uh, same thing happened with like mindfulness or, you know, self like well, wellness, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. They've all been co-opted and commoditized. Yeah, exactly. And to the point where we don't necessarily completely know what the word means when we're using it. We think we do, but maybe it's not what it is. And we use it often. They're just so often used. Yeah. So it's almost like it's lost. Overused. It's meaning. Mm -hmm. But for me, when I hear resilience, I think what, what, what a lot of us think it's trying to say is toughen up. Yeah. And tough it out and stick through it That's and push it. through. Yeah. Whereas the way I see resilience is actually softening into something. Mm. You know, the resilience comes from an inner place rather than an external shell that allows us to push through. And I don't know if that's true or not. I but, like that. I but, like the shell part. Yeah. So everyone to, needs that protection. Yes. But people have got to be more like a like a soft shelled crab, <laughs> rather, rather than, than a lobster. Oh, we stuck with the crustaceans. Yeah, love lobster. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I do. I do think though that there's something in that crustacean analogy. <laughs> You know, what can we do to develop an inner strength rather than an external shell? Yeah. Or too much of an external shell. I think you're right. We need to oh, we yeah. need to be able to protect ourselves to a certain extent from you know, the inevitable pushing through that happens in life because sometimes we just have to. But if that becomes our only mechanism for coping with difficult things is pushing through, then I don't think anything gets in and Mm. we can't reflect, we Mm. can't absorb, we can't really meet ourselves in that space. So I think that a positive attitude is a different thing again though. And I think that if you're able to pair a positive attitude, which is not sunshine and roses and everything's going to be fine, to me a positive attitude is like, oh, yeah, this sucks, but I'm here with you. Or this sucks, but it's like, It's more of a, just it. a healthy attitude. Right. Because it's not necessarily, yeah, positive situation. No, yeah. that's it. And it's yeah. not the situation. It's yeah. oh, like I was going to say hope or optimism. And sometimes they're not even relevant, right? Mm. Because some situations you don't have any. It's just a matter of meeting yourself where you are. Yeah. But I think for me, resilience is mostly achieved personally through letting things be what they are, whether that is hard or soft or, you know, difficult or easy and allowing that to be the case, particularly in in the instance of difficult things going, okay, this is hard. This is really hard. This hurts. I'm in pain. I'm struggling. I'm grieving. I'm, you know afraid, whatever, and just softening into that, Mm. not trying to change it. And for me, that kind of helps in multiple ways. It almost 
reduces the amount of time I spend in that space because it reduces the pressure around it or something. I don't, I don't know. I can kind of picture it, but I can't use the words trying to reflect about, you know, when my dad was in hospital Mm. and we just allowed things to suck to be, and they Mm. sucked, but Mm. they also didn't because we laughed a lot. Mm. And I think that if I had tried to tell myself that it didn't suck and everything was going to be fine, just that positive, toxic positivity, positivity, then we wouldn't have laughed because you would just be living a non credible yeah way of living You'd just be in you know that shell it's not you yeah anyway i think it's such a great question it's a huge it's a huge question it probably requires more than what we've given it but it's it is such an interesting premise and that's what happens when you brand something and that branding just gets used so much mm. that it loses its actual meaning mm-hmm. and its actual purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm. I want to go back to self-help really quickly. Self-care? Care, sorry, mm-hmm. self-care. I want to go back to self-care really quickly. So I just thought of something that I really want to try and that's, and I've done it before, but some sort of martial arts that combines mental and physical health. Mm. The limited amount that I've done it, I feel like it really benefited me. Mm-hmm. So that's another one to add li- add to the list. Okay. A martial arts and meditation. Okay. What I will say before we finish up, they're both things that take time. No, no, and I'm all yeah. for it. Like, yeah, yeah. take that time. Yeah. Is there anything? I suppose we already spoke about, you know, ritualizing things that you already do and reflecting on them as being self-care. I need to reframe those as forms of self-care mm-hmm. and be easier on myself. Yes, please. Yeah, please I think over, over, overall, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's maybe the takeaway. If we can all reflect on the ways that we care for ourselves already, and we all do in loads of different ways all day, every day, and take a bit of pride in that. Yeah. And that might just be the thing that we need to do in order to reframe it, as you said. And when we start paying attention to things, we have to do them more. You know, we do. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you start paying attention to how you breathe, for example, and you're like, I'm just going to take a big deep breath and see how that feels. And you pay attention to it throughout the day. You're going to do more of it. Yeah, so maybe that's that's the takeaway is, is first of all, just start by making a list of all the ways that we do care for ourselves. Because often it's a lot more than you even realise. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the chat. Thank you for the chat. You know, I've got to be honest, I was, it's been a day and I was... Um, Nervous about how I, we yeah, would... Yeah, wondering yeah. if we could bring the, bring the right energy to the... I think we have. Mike, yeah, I think so. Hope you have enjoyed it, dear listener. Thank you once again for all those that have left comments and reviews mm-hmm, on absolutely. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get this podcast from. Very much appreciated. And also over on the tortoise, the the comments. It's essentially what drives us to keep going. Oh, 100%. Like the feedback. I don't read it, but Brooke often says, oh, listen to this. And that just fills my cup and that's... 
I'd say 50% of why I do this. Mm-hmm. That external validation. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> you know what? And it comes from community, right? That's it. That's it. It comes yeah. from people. Being valued. Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, just being surrounded in an internet sense by by a group of people who get it and they're wanting to ask the same questions and have the same conversations and, yeah. you know, we're all exploring what living outside the status quo looks like yeah. in, in any given moment, you know, in lots of different tiny ways, which really is what I think this podcast is kind of becoming about. That's what it's all about. Questioning things and looking at the possibilities of what yeah. slow can be. And, what, and I hope that this podcast has been a form of self-care. Absolutely. In a very meta-universe way. <laughs> so head on over to The Tortoise to read the show notes for today's episode. So that's brookmccallery.substack.com. And if you're interested in joining us for the writing uh, a self-care retreat, you can do that over there as well. In the meantime, though, take good care of yourself and we'll see you soon.